Good morning, everyone. So last week, we started off on this uh, new book, Creative Mind. Of course, it's not a new book, literally, but, but it's been republished. It was Ernest Holmes' first book that he ever wrote, long before there was a Science of Mind movement, long before there were Science of Mind churches. He actually wrote this as a book of philosophy. And so, uh, so from that perspective, it's a little different and, uh, and, and fun. He starts off by talking about spiritual principles, and so that's where we did uh, last week. And the idea of a principle, if I remember right, I, I said it's sort of like math, that the idea of a principle is you can take a, a number, uh, so you could take two plus two, and, and whether I do the sum or whether Reverend does the, the sum, Reverend Sharon does the sum, it's going to be four, right? It's, it's like it's consistent, it's easy to explain. You can take a child and use pictures of bunnies and it's still the two bunnies plus the two bunnies, at least initially, will equal the four bunnies. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and of course, that lesson comes for later anyway. But, uh, uh, but it's something that's easy to describe. It's something that's predictable. A, a, a principle, whether it be mathematical or whether it be spiritual, is something that's fairly easy to understand and predictive. We can use it in our lives like, like we use math to make change. So that was a little bit where we left it. Last week we left it with the idea that the initial principle, the kind of God principle or the creative principle, is basically what Sharon says every Sunday in her introduction. Change your thinking and change your life. That's where we left it last week. But you know what? That's kind of a stinky place to leave it, actually. Because the devil is in those details, isn't it? The trouble is in how do we go about changing our mind? How do we direct our thoughts? How do we make sure that the world we're creating based on our thinking is the kind of thinking that's going to end up being what we want? And so that's where we're starting off today. And uh, the place I'm starting in, in the text work here is something called the idea of a mental equivalent. And so not just a thought... A thought would be like, it's time for me to get a new car, or it's time for me to get a new job. That would be a thought. And as such as it is, it's creative. It might motivate you a little bit. It might bring you along a path of that new car, that new job. But in itself, it's just a thought. How many thoughts a day do we have? Hundreds of thousands of them. Do you know what I mean? A mental equivalent is when you organize an entire way of thinking with some deliberation and you bring in your emotions, you bring in a mental picture of it. So a mental equivalent of a new car is quite a different thing than just an idle thought of a new car. When I build a mental picture of a new car, I'm driving it. Do you know what I mean? I've just sailed off the showroom lot. In fact, I'm getting the one of the nice cars that they have to open the, the showroom windows, right? They have to like find the way for me to get out on the street so that I can enjoy it because it has everything on it. I'm feeling the heated seats, which would be nice on a day like today, wouldn't it? It's like I'm picturing myself in it. I'm feeling it, the sense of freedom. It's like the worries of that 14-year-old car are gone. I'm feeling content. I'm, sen I'm picturing myself in a drive down to the beach with the, the air coming in through the moonroof, right? It's got to have a moonroof. It's like I'm getting a full, beautiful, vigorous, uh, uh, sensual even picture of what it's going to be like. That is a mental equivalent. And you know what? You're already trained at mental equivalents. What do you think the most powerful mental equivalent is? And we're all familiar with it. It's worry. 
Yeah, we're straying over to the dark side today. <laughs> Think about worry. Picture yourself. You're my mom. Well, we'll just go with it for a minute, okay? You're, you're my parent, right? Little Larry, at 17, not so little anymore, is in the family car, went out to a dance. Dance was over at 10 o'clock. Curfew's 10.30. It's now midnight. What you thinking? <laughs> well, years later, my mom can still tell the story like I was, like it's still today, you know? She's like, well, I was okay for about half an hour. And then I started thinking, oh my God, you know, we haven't been servicing that car very well. I wonder if the car broke down. Oh, I hate to think of Larry and, oh, and, and, and Susan had that beautiful prom dress kind of thing. I, I mean, I really hate to think of them out with a flat tire or maybe... I wonder if the tank was full. So she thinks, you know, I'll call Susan's mom. Uh-oh, busted. <laughs> Susan got home half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, shit. So then the worry ramps up, right? It's like, what's he doing? I thought I raised this kid right. Is he out drinking? Is he out partying? Where the heck is he? Oh, my God. I wonder if the car has gone off the road. I wonder if he's with that boy down the street that always gets into trouble. I wonder if they've been... Oh, shit. <laughs> and with each kind of escalation, she's feeling the feelings, right? She's picturing me in the coffin and her crying her eyes out. She's picturing me in the hospital and worried about where she's going to pay for it. She has that visceral feeling of loss and pain and doubt she's starting to after an hour she's starting to call the hospitals and believe me i know because i heard all about it when i finally got home <laughs> familiar haven't we all worried about something like that whether it was for a loved one whether it was for um you know being short on cash and how we're going to pay the bills this month uh, maybe maybe about a love affair that went wrong we know how to worry and what i'm telling you is that's how you build a really great mental equivalent now we don't want to go to the dark side but we already know the tool we start with an idea instead of Larry's kill, though. Let's, let's pick a nicer idea. And whether it be a, a new car or whether it be a, a new love, whether it be a great job or, or a new house, let's pick an idea that's positive. But from there, we do the same thing, right? We add to it. We begin picturing ourselves as though it were happening. Instead of worrying about what the funeral is going to be like, instead we picture ourselves in the beauty of the new home or how cool the new job is going to be. We visualize ourselves in that new car or how sweet love is going to be. And we start adding to it. And wouldn't it be great if, and also this, and, and oh my gosh, then that. And pretty soon you have the feeling that you're there and you're doing it and it's already yours and the, that the joy is palpable in your heart and this my friends is a mental equivalent we already know how to do it because the technique is exactly the same as to when we drift over onto the dark side and plunge into worry you might think of it as worry for good it's like taking a great idea and dwelling on it unnaturally. <laughs> it's taking something that's sweet in our heart and in our mind and adding to it and embellishing it and feeling the feelings and owning it. 
in the same firmness that mother saw me beside the road, we're going to see ourselves in that great job or with that great love affair. We're going to picture ourselves with the same vigor and the same assuredness. I mean, she actually knew what hospital to call. Do you know what I mean? She had that that clarity in her mind, and we can know with equal clarity, you know, what dealership the car is going to come from or whatever it is. That is how you build a mental equivalent. Now, there are those of you out there that might be saying, you know, why, why the dark example, you know? Uh, surely as a good science of mind person, surely as someone who knows how this works, I don't have to worry about negativity working in. God is surely going to save me from the, the bad things going on in life, right? <laughs> I got news for you. If you think it, God can create it. So whether you're dreaming on the worrisome side of life, whether you're dreaming on the positive side of life, God is there. And you know why? It's because God doesn't understand human good and bad. Now in a science of mind center, what we'll tell you is God is always good. And you might think, well, then explain to me how the baby died. Explain to me, right? The worry. Explain to me why, why the car might break down. If God is good and God is all powerful, then what about these little gotchas in life? And I, and I want to illustrate this with a story. Now I, I, I might disappoint some of you. It's not the usual joke. But I wanted to find, and you've probably even heard this story, the story about the, the farmer, the horses, and the sun. I tried to find the earliest version of this. And so the version I found is actually over a thousand years old. And in this version, it's called the Taoist Farmer. A man named Sei Wang owned a beautiful mare that was praised far and wide. One day, this valuable horse disappeared. The people of the village offered sympathy to Sei Wang for his great misfortune. He said simply, well, that's the way it is. A few days later, the lost mare returned, followed by a rare and even more valuable white wild stallion. The village congratulated Sang Wang for his good fortune. But he said, that's the way it is. Sometime later, Sang Wang's only son, while breaking in the stallion, fell off and broke his leg. The village people once again expressed their sympathy to Sang Wang. He once again said, you know, that's the way it is. Soon thereafter, war broke out and all the young men of the village, except Sang Wang's lame son, were drafted. Most were killed in battle. The village people were amazed at Sang Wang's good luck. His son was one of the few left in the village. But Sang Wang kept this same attitude, despite the turmoil, the gains, the losses, he simply gave the same reply. That's the way it is. He understood something very fundamental here. The stuff of life. Do you know what I mean by the stuff of life? The jobs, the relationships, the, the cars that the go haywire. And whether it's good or bad, it might be a wonderful job. It might be a terrible job. It might be a really good relationship. It might be one filled with consternation and trouble. These are all the effects, and effects change. The more attached we are to the physical way things show up, and in particular, if we see it in this story, it was portrayed as good and bad luck, right? 
How do you like being at the mercy of good and bad luck? We do not believe in this. We believe that we are creating our life as we go through it. And in talking about God, thinking about good or bad, the whole time I imagine God is that th- this kind of uh, beneficent, wonderful being up there looking down and say, well, yeah, I'll help you produce the horse disappearing. I'll magnify your kind of thoughts of carelessness and you'll leave the gate open one day. And that's how the horse disappears. And yeah, I'll aid you in your getting back the horse and another one. You've treated the horse fairly and lovingly it it came back for some feed and brought a friend with it yeah i'll treat you for your idea of breaking in a wild animal i'll i'll help you get thrown for the horse and break the break the leg do you see what i mean from god's perspective it is done unto us simply as our mental equivalent is outpouring there's no good or bad and even as sang wang learned to understand that life on the outside is it isn't based on good or bad luck you know good luck is just as bad in its way as bad luck i'll I'll explain it to you if you really believe that you are at the mercy of luck when the luck changes do you know what i mean I mean, good luck is as fleeting as anything else. If you're saying that life is just dependent on on the breeze and the happenstance of other people and other situations, our lives is created in the image of our thoughts. And when we begin building mental equivalents, we are creating a powerful thought. We can use that idea of worry on the positive side, to show us how to build a mental equivalent that will set us up for great success. I also want to talk about one more spiritual law. So that was called the the law of mental equivalence. There's another one called the law of attraction. And in some ways, it's even simpler. Uh, In effect, you may have heard expressed as birds of a feather flock together, or you may have heard it expressed as like attracts like. What do you think the most powerful version of the law of attraction is now remember i tricked you with worry (laughs) i'm going to do it again i think one of the most powerful examples of the law of attraction is gossip think about it a bunch of people are going to get together with some intention and some veracity and just tear apart something with their voices. Do you know what I mean? They're going to feel the pain and the indignity. And I remember when I used to work at the telephone company, sometimes you'd wander by the break room and you could feel it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You'd wander in and it'd be like, and then the boss did this and then the company did that and we're underpaid and we're overworked and they're going to cut the benefits and you know what? A layoff is coming a layoff is coming and you'd be like yikes (laughs) you'd be thinking wait a minute I kind of liked it here but I tell you gossip is powerful it is birds of a feather flocking together here was a whole group of people affirming the negativity of that workplace and you know what most of them ended getting getting laid off. And I do not think this is as, as much a reflection of the economy as it, at the time as it was this group affirmation, this group law of attraction saying this is a terrible place to work. 
this is, uh, you know, bad wages. All of these affirmations, all of these using that law of attraction, it's like, well, of course they were out the door. Who would want to work in a place if that was true? Okay, let us use the same power of gossip for good. Because <laughs> it works the same way. When I think of a family or when I think of a group of friends, similarly, have you ever been in a restaurant where there's a group of people a couple tables over and you want to be part of that group? You're listening to them and they're maybe talking about a trip that, that all of them went on or they're, they're talking about how sweet their families are and how the kids are doing great in school and, and, and how um, you know maybe one of them went out on their first date and just how touching it was to see the, the boy get dressed up and you know drive over to meet his, his girlfriend or whatever it is. And you just, it's like you're, you're almost drawn into that because it is sweet. That's the same power, right? It's a group of people getting together and they're affirming that something is beautiful. And they're doing it for each other and creating something even bigger than themselves. Everyone in that restaurant wanted to be at that table. That is the law of attraction. That's birds of a feather flocking together. That's in that group, them creating the desire for more love, more life. And oh, is it powerful. The same creative, powerful, dynamic force that that gossip session would have. Only my word, weren't the benefits better. I want to submit to you, you already have the tools. Anyone in this room can, that can participate in a good gossip fest? <laughs> and you know who you are. Because <laughs> if you're like me, it's all of us. At one time or another, we've all been that person that's just spent 20 minutes with a group of their friends just tearing down the, the government or the, you know, the place you work or whatever it is. That's the same tool that we can use for good. Likewise, on mental equivalence, it, you know, if, if after today you think, you know, Larry talked about that mental equivalent thing, but I sort of forget it. Think of worry. It's the exact same tool on the good side. Take a, a good idea of how you want your life to be. Begin to embellish it. Begin to feel it. Sense the power of it. Share it with your friends. Combine it with the power of attraction even. And, and just... Talk about a rosy, beautiful, heartfelt, creative future in whatever area you desire. And, and the heavens and the earth will part for you. This is God at its most creative. This is you acting as God as your most powerful I remember my mom, when I came home from that night, she said, Larry, you know, I was sick with worry. And I believe it. I believe that literally these tools that we're talking about will produce in our lives, in our bodies, in our experience, to the same degree that we can picture it with veracity and knowing that it's true, that is that same strong degree that we will be able to realize our dreams or our nightmares. And when we stray over to the dark side, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. But with intention, 
with fortitude, with love, with the creativity of our own minds, desiring what we desire and going for it with a rich mental equivalent, using the law of attraction. You know, a person, a a friend of mine said, Larry, I I really want to end up being more powerful in terms of my ability to do things in the world in terms of wealth. Think of what I could do if I had a lot of money in the bank. Uh, Think of how I could experience stability in my own life, but also give to the community. How can I go about building a mental equivalent of wealth when I've never had it before? Here again, that idea of the law of attraction. Do you hang out with people that do have a lot of money, that know how to create it, that know how to invest it? Because here's the problem. If we, birds of a feather tend to flock together, right? It's like all of the people in that bitch session at work were all the people that were dissatisfied, amplifying each other's dissatisfaction. If I want to learn a new way of thinking about love, I need to hang out with people that understand true love, not the people that wish they had it. If I want to be wealthy, I need to hang out with people that understand how wealth works. How to not only make money, but invest it and keep it. Because otherwise, I can't build the mental equivalent. Instead, my mental equivalent is just wishful, hopeful. Use the law of attraction in a very forthright and forward manner. If you want to have thoughts of love, find some couples that have really been successful. And after 20 years, look in each other's eyes and you can see the spark. Regardless of the words, you can see it in their eyes. Do you know what I mean? These are the people you want to hang out. They'll show you how to do a relationship. If you don't know where to start and you want to experience more wealth in your life, uh, uh, you, you, can, you can go to the Benson Hotel and I think for a dollar, it's not even the Benson anymore, I apologize. What? No, they changed the name of it. It's like the Weston Benson now or something. But you can go down there and for like $2 you can get a Perrier and all the people around you are wealthy. This is no, honestly, this is a good thing. In the same way that in that restaurant you wanted to be at that other table, immerse yourself in what it feels like to be wealthy. You know, you can ride Max downtown if you need to for for a dollar and a half, and then you'll blow another $2 on a Perrier, but you'll have a sense of being in opulence. You'll have a sense of what rich people do in terms of an after-work after cocktail. You'll have at least a feel. You can begin building the mental equivalent of what dinner in a really lovely place would be like. This is the way we, we don't do it by going back home to our poverty and think more about how the bills are troublesome, right? We don't uh, improve our relationship by hanging out with the other guys after work and talk about how bad our relationships are. If we want to have a mental equivalent, if we want to use the law of attraction, we need to find environments, we need to have thoughts, we need to be able to consciously create in our own mind an equivalent of what it really would be like to be wealthy, to be loved, to be in a beautiful relationship, to have a great job. And we have to be willing to do whatever it takes. Creative in mind, creative in the positions and the people we hang out with. It is up to us. It isn't good luck. It isn't bad luck. It's our thoughts. 
I want to close today with a quote from Ernest Holmes, but also a bit of homework. Last week I asked you to uh, be thinking of some affirmations, to begin putting that power of, uh, of positive thinking or that power of intentional thinking into uh, work, work in your lives through the use of an affirmation. And today I want to build on that a little more with the idea of then turning that affirmation into this broader mental equivalent. So uh, put on the guise of your uh, 17th century uh, Taoist, and when something happens this week that's particularly good or particularly bad, first of all, I don't want you to think that it was luck that brought it to you. Don't think, oh, how lucky I am. I got a refund on my income taxes. That wasn't luck. Don't be thinking about how, how, how fortuitous it is that my friend remembered my birthday and took me out. That isn't good fortune. That is the result of your thinking. So own up to it. Whether it's good or it's bad, it's you. And with the same, uh, uh, the same fortitude of the, uh, the, the Taoist farmer, just accept the stuff that happens with non-attachment. Because the stuff isn't going to create things for you. Your mind is going to create the stuff. So that when something bad happens, say to yourself, wow, look how powerful I was. What a pickle I'm in. And I did it. <laughs> and, and through the positive power of my mind, I can turn that around. I can turn that around. Here's what Ernest Holmes has to say about this idea of, uh, of non-attachment or non-resistance. He says, resist not evil, and it will flee. When we resist making a mental image, excuse me, when we resist something, we make a mental image of the thing that we are fighting. We can expect more of it. Instead, know that the world, it is all right. The world is not going to hell. Believe me, the world is going to heaven. In fact, the world is getting good so fast that in the process, many things are being overturned. Now think about this for a minute. The world is all right. The world is not going to hell. We're on the way to heaven. But it is getting good so fast that in the process, many things are being overturned and confusion appears to be the norm. For great things to happen, great changes need to occur. Remember that in the divine plan, no mistakes are made. That God always prevails. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is that thing called life. And what I know about life is it is a result of thought. That the eternal mind is all present, all powerful, all creative, and that our input into that creative mind is our own personal thoughts, our own personal ideas, our own mental equivalents, our own worries, unfortunately, but also our own closely held beliefs, ideas, desires, and dreams. This is what the universe is made of. The universe is made of our mental equivalent of it. And so for each person in this room, including myself, I know that this week, 
is a week of rich mental equivalence. A week where our dreams become fully fleshed in our minds, full of love, full of light, full of the good things, full of great jobs, full of a new car or a new love or a new job or whatever it is that would really make our hearts sing it is ours to experience even as we think about it. Even as our mental equivalent of it is rich and complete. And so for this week, I know each of us experiences that ability for success, that each of us has that easy time of that rich mental equivalent, that each of us can find new ways of using that law of attraction to bring more people, places, things, ideas, and concepts into our life that will enhance it. I'm grateful for this. I let it be. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you.